So good morning, everybody. Um, today's conversation is one of my favourite new coaches on the scene, uh, Shelby, Shelby Wilson. How are you, Shelby? I'm great. Thank you very much. Thanks for asking, Ian. How are you? I'm very, very good. And uh, it's, I'm actually recording this on Zoom, but uh, we will do this as a podcast. But uh, when Shelby first appeared on my screen, it came up as 1416142. So um, I wasn't sure if I was getting a, a Russian hacker coming to talk to me or you, Shelby. I was quite relieved to see it was you or to hear it was you. Definitely me. It's um, it's my as I, as I think I've said, it's my um, my prison logo. But it's uh, the corporate ID I'm associated to. <laughs> so we we haven't met up for ages. I mean, I think we were first met in Fitzroy. We had a lovely cup of coffee. We've been trying to have coffee ever since. I've been in Wales too briefly in Cardiff too briefly to see you. I think you've been in London yeah. just passing as well. So uh, unfortunately, we are in lockdown. So we are going to go through this um, quite a lot, I guess. But uh, it's lovely to catch up with you. Definitely. You, you've actually had quite a long working career. But only more recently have you been moving into the, the world of agility and agile and, and coaching. Um, so how did you get into the, the, the agile side of your career? Um, so I fell into agile um, working for Barclays around, um, I think it's coming up to ten, about 10 years now. But I started off my life as a project coordinator, believe it or not, um, for Barclays. Before that, uh -huh. I was in, in an operational role. But um, I then got offered a secondment into, into the, um, what they called the tech and change team. And I came in as a project coordinator. And I did that for about three months and then went into to PMO office and become a, a PMO analyst. Uh -huh. And then shortly after that, we adopted Agile. We had a great Scrum uh, Agile coach come in. We had three of them. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Um, my boss at the time said, would you like to be part of the transformation team? So I was like, yeah, this sounds really exciting. Let's go. Went off site for a couple of days with, with these coaches and they were talking about agility. And I was like, no, 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 <laughs> never. not in a million years. <laughs> Just work. We're never going to do this. It was all, ne never so argued left, right and centre. And one of the coaches, um, James Scrimshire, he was like, no, I tell you what, let's get you on a product owner course. Because uh -huh. I come from a contractual background before I was yeah. in finance and IT. I, um, I actually um, worked for a small firm in Wales doing contract management. So I got a bit of law and stuff. And he was like, oh, you might be a good product owner. Went on to a product owner course, loved it absolutely fell in love with the, the course provider colin bird from ripple rock loved him uh -huh, yeah yeah i know loved colin colin was just awesome and i thought oh this is amazing i really loved the idea of being able to own a product see what it was about and what it then could deliver for our customer thought i'm going to be an amazing product owner amazing However, for about a year, we were still going through the transformation, i.e. Yeah. getting all the business across and everything else and getting the organisation into sort of understanding what it did and for them as a department, et cetera. And then my coach, James, stopped me and he said, Shelby, he said, you're, you're an amazing person. He said, I love you dearly. He said, but you're not a product owner. Oh. So I said, so what do you mean, James? I thank you very much. I think I am. I've got a qualification and everything. And <laughs> I've got the badge. Two-day course. Look, it's certified. <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> he said, but I think I think you're going to make a great scrum master, and eventually you'll make a great coach. So after a little while, I went back to my boss and said, look, I really have, you know, I've investigated this. I've looked into it. I've done some reading, and it really takes 
it really hits my key because for me i'm a people person i love people i love organization of, of events people facilitation i like people having the light bulb moment and he's like they're all attributes of a great scrum master let's go down that route my boss said no and then eventually after fighting and eventually organized this is how i got in the back door i organized it for a bunch of project manager the course for <laughs> book colin rock colin bird back in organized yeah. the course for a bunch of project managers and one of them fell sick and i said you can't let that go to waste we won't get that money back please 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 please, please can i go Anyhow, <laughs> that's how i got certified as a scrum master and then it just went from there um very quickly started spinning up our scrum teams with inside Barclays. Um, and then I fell in love with things like communities practice, yeah. doing that type of stuff. And then we quickly started organizing our backlogs, making sure that our backlogs were all in one cohesive state that we could all work from, making sure the, the organization was still on that course before we even started developing products. We still had lots of legacy systems, so we need to bring them in house and do some really great stuff with all of that. And that's how I fell into Agile. I mean, that's a great story. I love the way that you nobbled one of your colleague project managers so you could take their place on the course. I think that's very sneaky of you. Yeah, <laughs> it was just something I knew I had, I had to do. <laughs> I, 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 I obviously um, when you say you were contract, you were the senior contract manager at Carillion uh, for a number of uh, for a while as well. So you've had some pretty senior roles. Um, I like the fact that you've you've you tried to get into the product management certification. Though there's a lot of people who say certification is great, some people say it's not great, and what have you. And well, you, you've gone through that recently. Do you think the certification on its own is enough? But you sound like you've been guided by some, I mean, James Grimshaw, Colin Bird, Benno Muggs in the Agile game, that's for sure. Do you think that coaching is key? Yes, totally. You know, I, I used to think, when I first started out, I used to think certification was, was, was the king. You yeah. know, this made me, it's, it's, you can't argue with it. It's black and white, it's there. But actually, there's so many more levels and facets to be in a great coach even a great scrum master even a great product owner they they, they all have separate attributes uh-huh. but for me i and it wasn't hand holding the coaching and the talks and the advice and the direction that i was given from great people like james you know colin yourself assisted me assisted me in my journey has made me reflect realize that actually i probably don't need to to maybe go and re do my some of my certification but i've done it anyhow purely because my job has either paid for it or it's enabled me to to still have great positions in, in inside different companies etc for me though i definitely think experience is is what you need but understanding yeah. the organization from many different levels and that's you know this is why i still call myself a baby in the industry i'm I look look at the likes of yourself who who has you know had the foot in the in the door of, of agility for for years and James has done it for years and Colin. I look up to you guys. You're my no. Your <laughs> well, I, I certainly think James James Simpson and uh, Colin Bird are, 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 and I actually knew Colin. He he uh, introduced me to some aspects of uh, uh, agility. Uh, I, I'm a mere traveller. 
you're a traveler. But you're, 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 you're actually doing real work, though. You're still, um, and you're in the financial sector still. So you're at Barclay, Barclay and now you're at TSB um, as their agile coach and scrum master. Is, is there something about finance that attracts you? I, I, I don't know. I just think I, I kind of fell into, you know, I got made redundant from Carillion. Yeah. Um, never been out of a job in my life and sort of was like well what can I do and this this bright call center called Barclays was opening up in Cardiff they'd moved from Glasgow I thought oh I just just I'll just I'll go and work in the call center it's just an easy life you know I just need money yeah and that's how I kind of fell into finance I think that's just kind of where I've stayed but been lucky enough to work in the digital and the, and the tech, not tech department change departments of that yeah however I do feel like I want to explore the avenues of, you know, startups, new businesses, other areas that, you know, emerging technologies, that you, even the medical sense sector, I think it do some really fascinating stuff. Um, there's a lady, and I can't, for the life of me, and it's going to be sound awful, but there's a lady called Rachel, and I follow her on in LinkedIn. I can't think of, but she does a lot of work. She did a lot of work in the NHS. And then... Um, I followed her. Rachel Murphy. Rachel Murphy. Ah, yeah. Bingo. So Rachel, (laughs) me and Rachel were up for, I'm going to sound like I'm um, blowing my own trumpet. Go on. Go blow that trumpet. Me and Rachel were up for the same um, Agile Award many moons ago. And it was between me and, I believe it was for for Agile Newcomer. (laughs) um, Many moons ago. And me and Rachel were very, we got connected via the, the website and the and the and Twitter and different things like that, and we were very much like, oh, we'll see you in the in the hotel and we'll have some drinks together, and we just kind of followed each other and stayed connected that way. Um, I won that award. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations! I'm sure it's well merited. Um, yes, a lot of people um, voted for me, so it was I was um, overwhelmed. Um, oh, that's lovely. It was amazing. Uh- and I, I know there's a lot of fans of Rachel Murphy, and I think Rachel's uh, garnered quite a few garlands, or oh, garnered a few garlands since then. But um, so it'd be great to work in these different industries. Where you are now, though, um, at TSB, but let's just think about transformation and change and what have you. We're in a different world right now, um, and people might have been umming and ahhing about shall we do this and shall we do all that, and that's all changed on them. So if anybody's thinking about working from home, if they can, they are right now. Yes. Uh, and there's been less, um, perhaps a less equivocation going on now about certain things. Do you think crises like this help drive change? Is it one of the very few positives of the awful things that are yes. going on at the moment? Is, do you think we need the burning platforms and the crises to get things done? I, th- I definitely think we do, because I think without that crisis, we are not that they're not forced to change so mm. they stick with what they know you mm. know and and unfortunately some organizations and and not just tsb but i know this from talking to others they stick with what they know because it's comfort and it works works for them rightly or wrong, wrongly and so when a crisis forces them to change it does come out the better so we have enabled we never had it before so we've enabled all our key workers to work from home they've all got now they've got the laptops they're all you know working from the house phone that's connected to the inter, you know to the in, internal telecom system so they can take and deliver calls we span up a web chat system within four days we're trying to get that previously 
it was just off the radar. They were like, we just can't do it. There's just no, we, we, we haven't got the capability. It's, it's too disconnected, especially because TSB are run by, now owned by a Spanish group. So when they split from Lloyd's last year, they were bought by a Spanish group. Um, and so the technologies were in different locations and that was causing some complications. But four days, four days wow. to, to spin up a web chat system that they never had before. And now it's, um, at the moment, there's 99% core flow through that chat service. Wow. And the uptake for people chatting to our customers that, you know, the reporting lines, the KPIs and things like that for, our, for a chat is, is around the 90%, 92% mark of increase of calls coming into via that which we you know is 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 amazing but it only happened and this is where then i get my frustrations because it only happened because we had a crisis yeah 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 you know um, which is, is it's a bit an interesting proposition there for a coach you don't want a crisis every five minutes because that's stressful how can we sort of convert this initial energy because of the crisis because we have to we have no choice um and there's a sort of yeah everybody to hands on get, get battle stations how do we sustain that energy do you think in the latter half of the year where maybe that impetus isn't quite as strong i mean for me i th for me definitely at the moment mine's all about data and providing yeah. with key facts because that speaks to the board more yeah. than anything you know the culture is is there thereabouts people want to work better faster quicker whatever you however you want to call that but to sustain it and make sure that we're following it into 2021 for me as a coach it has to be about data and about stats and facts and figures because i think that's the only thing especially financial boards and executives they understand and they see and they can digest uh -huh. if i was to say you know here's a, here's five scrum teams or devops teams that we've spun up you know that are doing this they're like oh great but where's the monetary value <laughs> where's what's this bringing into my company what's the savings what's my fte how can i can i so it's for me it's data it's pulling off reports from all the systems that we have that paint a picture look four days we spun up this 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 um web chat it's done this 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 and this for you if we were to do x y and z now for 2021 you could have this and, and you think, and do you think people will be receptive? Because I've, 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 a lot of people will say data is the way. Use the facts and figures, show the bottom line. And I agree with that. And yet I still find our C-suite people, particularly more political environments, and I'm not suggesting TSB is one of them, that seem to be a bit data resistant as much as they are anything else resistant. Totally. So then what, what do I then do have to do to, you know, for 2021, Take away that data though, and then show the other key benefits. Yeah. So for us, it's the governance. You know, because I work in a financial organisation, we're, we're governed by the FCA, so it's or the IFC. So it's showing the benefits that we've we've brought then to the board. Where's our risks? Yeah. You know, yeah. Where's the risks for the business? How are they looking? How have we we delivered on on our risks mitigation throughout the course of the year? What about our legal and regulatory stance? How is that going? And then how are we streamlining the, how is that governance, how is it streamlined? And how can mm -hmm. we keep on utilizing that and making it better as we move forward, especially into 2021? Yeah. Because banks are notorious for, 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 for governance red tape. Yeah. But we got through this, I, I mean, the amount of 
sign off in in one day from 60 people was astonishing when normally that would take four or five weeks yeah right? yeah yeah so how do i how do i portray that well for me i i, I personally would do it in a couple of ways i want to do a couple of road shows I want to do a couple of podcasts, like in-house internal training videos. I want to do go through to multiple locations just to say, you know, this is maybe not better, but this is the way that we did it, and this is the outcomes we we we, we delivered. How do we sit this in your your area, your department? Yeah, yeah. Because TSB is across multiple locations, doing multiple different things from Spain through to Scotland. I think I lost you. I think I lost you. I, I, I was basically say something else. <laughs> Sorry, we'll edit that bit. Out. Yeah, and then uh, we, I just need to establish that then and, and provide yeah. that picture. Yeah. I did that multiple ways. One of my favourite at the moment is obviously Lego City. I've been running in quite a lot of those. Love oh. City. And, and so I know um, my friend Alan Desacroix, he was doing coaching in Traxel, ironically, in Cardiff, and he found Lego City was a really useful device in, in, in his work there. Yeah. Um, and for, for people who are not familiar with Lego City, can you give it a quick, quick intro to everybody? Oh, so it's about um, building a, a city of Lego from a, from, from a product owner's perspective, teaching them using Lego building blocks to teach them scrum values, principles, roles, and the artifacts that you need to run a scrum cycle. And it's a very, it sounds simple. Uh, it's actually quite a sophisticated uh, event, isn't it? It is, it is. It's, you know, you, you, you give them a very quick brief, you give them some, some rules that they need to abide by, and you try to let get them to be self-organizing, self-management. You try to make sure that people in their job domain do different jobs so they get an understanding. So when people do that, they're like, oh my God, I'm a BA and I've always been a BA and I can't be anything else. And oh my God, and they, and, and they do panic. But by the end of it, by, you know, if you run, if you're successful and you've got enough time with your team and if you've got four or five hours, by the time you get to like sprint four or five, they are able to create their backlogs, you know, they, and their sprint backlogs. They draw up their artifacts, what's needed. They create user stories. They understand which roles are, you know, the key roles. They self-organize themselves. So they set, sometimes they get rid of some, some roles completely, you know. Right, okay. I've seen them do that, but still be part of the team. The dynamic and then of that is amazing, but then to see them understand, oh, we can do this, or that relates to this part of my job role. Oh, that's agile, that's scrum. Yeah, that framework yeah. kind of works. We'd like to see that on the shop floor. And yeah. then I get I get to see the, the their faces going, oh, right. That was, I thought that was really, really hard, but it's really simple. And why can't we go and do it? <laughs> and and, and <laughs> the question is, yeah, why can't we do this? And that's then when I say to them, well, why can't you do it? So what have you got to do to go and do it? So, you know, they're like, well, you should be doing it for me, Shelby. I was like, well, no, let's go <laughs> and speak to your leaders, right? Yeah. I'm only and a train on a journey of some, on, on that. I'm yeah. only giving them the tools to enable them to do something they need to get on the train and start shouting about it as well. And luckily enough, the guys that I have let me touch wood, have done that training with, have gone on to shout about it in their 
their areas and their domains and they've got more training and then they want to understand more stuff and so that builds a great momentum and the cut helps with culture so and, and, and you're talking about uh do you think you'll get the, the senior guys into a, a lego city event do you think that's when you really get a tip it over yes yes because you know the smallest voice and the smallest of offices can scream and shout about it yeah. but actually you do need the people at the top that board level member yeah. non, you know the executive directors the c-suite management yeah. style people they really need to to do it as well so they have an understanding not just for them not to them to actually do the job yeah. but to understand what their staff are doing and how yeah. it benefits them yeah they can see then oh well it, by them doing x y and z it's going to mean this for me that's going to make my life easier so if you don't get them to do it, you, you are, I, I, I feel you, you're fighting a, a great battle if you don't get them on board. Yeah, and, and sponsorship from the top is so fundamental. Uh, and I think, yeah, I'm, I know some people say you can go top down or you can go bottom up. I think you need to both, have both, frankly. Um, I, to, to give yourself the best chance of affecting the change across the whole business. Um, you mentioned governance earlier um which is a big thing in in, in banks <laughs> big thing in a lot of large companies actually i was wondering now particularly all through the successes if you sort of moving back to a slightly more business as usual um, projects going forward with uh, how you're handling remote management of interdependencies which is sort of offshoot of governance and i wonder if you've sort of been bumping into problems there whether it's got harder or easier uh, for me, for us, from my perspective, especially at the moment, it's got got harder. It's really? really hard, especially because we are dealing with an element of people. You know, ninety percent of our IT development and rack space and the great stuff that we're trying to do, building the CI/CD pipeline and bringing yeah. in some DevOps, is situated in Barcelona. Uh, okay. We're trying to have and capture user stories or epics or a sign off or something on a Zoom meeting has got our risk and control department sort of really um, agitated. It, it, maybe, that's, maybe that's the wrong word, but yeah, they are yeah. certainly a lot more restrictive. They kind of want a lot more documentation. Oh, I'm really? Yeah. So you're seeing more documentation rather than less? Yeah, so obviously we've implemented some really great tools like Jira, so obviously the backlog is yeah. there. We have Confluence. Uh-huh. Um, we we did bring in Slack, but they they said no because it wasn't secure via the yeah. channel, yeah. which is fine. Yeah. Um, but they've created a number of documentation for us to sort of fill out before we can even agree to have even to have when we first started discussing though right we're going to have to talk about cross dependencies across teams our risks how we mitigate them when we're, we're not in the same room we're not able to have anybody travel to the same location so how do we deal yeah. with that over a Zoom meeting? Yeah, you know, yeah. The trans, you know, we are speaking now, but if I wanted to email you something now for you to look at it and sign it off, and then you just give me a verbal agreement, that's that's a no at the moment. It's very, yeah, yeah. we'll have a discussion about it, but here's the form that you still need to sign off, and then I'll come back to you on a on a forum, and I'll agree it's signed off, and we can save it in in a yeah. drive. Yeah, it's I, a lot worse. I, yeah, I was talking to some colleagues actually about you know managing teams remotely, and you know it's not 
necessarily hard or easy. It's just about discipline and making sure you understand the ways of working. But we started talking about interdependency management. We could think that's, that's a real challenge. But then we thought, is that always the case anyway, frankly? It doesn't matter if you're remote working or not remote working. Interdependent management is always going to be the killer for projects. Totally. Yeah, I just, I, I don't think it's a circumstance of remote working. I think it's, that's an excuse. Yeah. Even today, even if we were all in the same location, even if I was in London and all my team were in London, if I had a cross-dependency or, or, or a risk on another team, to try to get that other team, if, especially when that other team is not, say, using any of the agile frameworks or, or doing whatever, they are trying to get them into a sorry trying to get them into a into a meeting to have to discuss those or get them into a planning session or have it even just having a session a refinement session to mitigate them down it just doesn't happen so mm. i don't think it is any easier working remotely because i think yeah. the same problems I, I think so. Um, actually, when I spoke to uh, someone about interdependency management, he said, just don't do it. Don't have interdependencies, which I thought, that's a great answer. <laughs> How do you get there? And I think, you know, governance for banks. And I think people underestimate quite how much regulation there is, particularly with banks yeah. with a global footprint. They would be astounded at the amount of regulations that get thrown at banks and changed on a very, I mean, almost daily basis. Yeah. Uh, and that's easily misunderstood. And it, it is, it is because it's an interpretation of what what they're trying to say to you. Everybody interpretates what the, the what that regulation is to, to themselves. And so, if that goes into one department, and this is why why I don't think it makes no difference whether you were working remotely or not, it's going to one source in the bank, i.e., compliance risk, whoever, and then they're feeding that out. It's not coming yeah. directly to you. You're yeah. not getting that source. And as we all know. It's a bit like Chinese whispers, isn't it? What I say yeah. to you, yeah, you interpret completely different. <laughs> Absolutely, certainly in my marriage it does. Um, now, so coming back to um, teams, so are you having a lot more fun now, getting creative about how to facilitate teams remotely? Yes, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no, a feeling think... this would be somewhere you'd love this. I do. I love for the facilitation of, of speaking to people and getting them working a, a lot better. But I've added some more fun elements into it. So like team quizzes and team get to know you a bit better. And rather than having a team meeting where it's on Zoom where you can see everybody's face, get yeah. your document or put an emoji picture up that just best describes how your days go in. Uh-huh. You know? And there's lots of tools, compliments, Milo, Trello, who, you know, that they're out there that you can collaborate greatly with your team. But just that element of staying connected. Yeah. I think you have to make it very fun. I think that's really interesting because I've had a few conversations with coaches um, who've had a, you know, got great experience and they're, they're working with their teams right now. And something that strikes me is they're spending a lot of time facilitating work as usual, but they're spending even more time thinking about emotional engagement and emotional uh, wellness for, for a crew set of words. And it sounds like you're, you're thinking along the same lines. Yes, because this is uncertainty. It's, it's a complex field, right? It, yeah. throws, it throws a lot of different emotions because it takes you out of your routine. Everybody has a routine. Your biases play into play. And because we don't know that routine anymore, because it has been changed, yeah. you have to look after people's emotions. So, you know, Lisa, who, who normally is a really extrovert person that's been 
you know, first one to chip into all our sessions, you know, she always got something to say. It's always, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm guaranteed to get something out at least at, at every session. You look at her and she's silent. I know I've got to do something different to, to engage with her. She's having a bad day. So how do I do that? So it's fun. For me, it's fun. And then stopping them. I have actually stopped a meeting this week and just said, stop. Really? Let's stop talking about work. I, I can see a lot of anger and feel a lot of tension in people's voices. Right. How's your day going? What are you doing? Oh, oh you know, I, I, I just can't deal with technology working from home. Well, don't do it then. Let's stop. So how's your, how's your family? How's, how's your eating? Are you, you know, I'm exercising. Look, this is what I did with my broom to make weights. Just something completely off track so that my team don't think that I'm a robot and that I have some care and consideration for, for them. Because if I've got a team that are demotivated, are unhappy, are sad, they're not going to do their work and they are likely then to to have further long-term effect to them and go off and be sick yeah. and i don't, ultimately i don't i want i don't want that i don't want them to burn out i don't want them to be stressed or have anxiety ultimately i you know my core aim is to to get them understanding practices coaching them in, in, in agile ways of working etc for them to be happy and to enjoy what they're doing so that they're productive and so you just change your stance you just change what you're doing it's not about this is agile you've got to do it this way you've got to do it this way no yeah. what, do you, what do you want to do and just mix it up that's what i've friday is three o'clock is pub day you know we meet at three o'clock we have drinks i have a glass of wine we tell jokes bad stories <laughs> send memes or pictures to each other you know poetry we've had oh really just so people know or what favorite book are you reading at the moment? Tell us a bit about it, just so they know it's not all, and I'm gonna swear, yeah, it's not all yeah. about putting your head down and your ass up and cracking yeah. up with the work. It's yeah. actually you as a human, how you're doing. I, I, I totally agree, and I, I remember recently, Palm Sandu, who's one of our associates, he was saying, you've got to be really alert now to your team, to the emotions, how people are, uh, as well as the work. And you've got to dig deep into your tool sets and your creative tool sets about working with your team. And it sounds like, you know, you're exactly on the same point. And, and, and I think, by the way, um, you, you are one of the most human coaches I think I know. So uh, this must be um, great advice for everybody else. But make me blush. <laughs> uh, well, you, you got me in the early stages, so I had to return the favor. <laughs> <laughs> You're too kind, Ian. Too kind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shelby, it's a joy talking to you again. Uh, I miss you deeply. I hope when we get out of lockdown, which can't be a moment too soon. I'm not a stay-at-home kind of guy, as you probably figured out. Uh, hopefully, we'll have another coffee in uh, Fitzrovia, or more likely, a glass of wine. A glass of wine, for sure. For sure. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thank I know you. you're busy and you've got to get back to your team. Um, and I think it's also uh, it's, it's time for tea and maybe a slice of cake. A bit of fruit cake, maybe? Oh, no. Coconut cake at the moment. My Coconut? I'll bake you one and bring it to London for you. Bake it and show me on Zoom so I can yeah. imagine its loveliness. <laughs> <laughs> With a glass of red. <laughs> 
Well, thank you very much, Shelby. Um, I hope you've, everybody else has enjoyed today's conversation with Shelby. Um, if you need to get hold of me and you'd like to think about some of the issues that Shelby and I have been discussing, and maybe we can help you, please feel free to contact me via LinkedIn or at my email at ian at agilitybynature.com. Uh, in the meantime, Shelby and I are going to go off and eat or bake our respective cakes. Shelby, have a great evening. And you. Thank you, Ian. Thanks, Ed. Bye. Bye. Bye.